Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to tonight's podcast, A Call to Arms, how to get people to play games with you. Hope you enjoy! guys enjoyed that intro i made it myself um again welcome to tonight's podcast let's uh let's get this thing rolling for those of you that are watching you guys are gonna get treated to a couple extra fun things on the uh screen so keep an eye out for my faces over here uh for those of you that are just listening uh i will talk about them so you know <laughs> prepare yourselves uh we're gonna do that at the end so lawrence since you're with me right now and iron if you decide to join us on the podium uh but remind me, someone someone tell me, don't forget about the ads tonight, because I got two of them. Uh, we get to talk about them a little bit at the end. But, uh, before then, um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's talk about tonight's topic. So tonight's topic, uh, we called it a call to arms, uh, and it's all about getting your friends, family, neighbors, whoever else involved in your games. Whether they're TTRPG or board game nights or stuff like that, uh, how do you get people to come hang out with you uh, and do these semi-social projects? And uh, we got, I got five ways that I'm gonna gonna work with here. So keep me honest. Make sure I get to five, and in between the five, we'll kind of throw in stories and whatnot. Um, so the first one, and probably the most successful across the board, ninety nine percent of the time, offer food. Look at me, camera. Look at me. Offer food. Tell people there will be food at the event, whether it's chips, snacks, drinks, whatever. Offer food. Um, depending on your crowd, if you also mention alcohol for the people that are 21 plus, uh, you will have even more of a chance of getting there. It doesn't even necessarily have to be, uh, a huge amount, you know what I mean? Or just tell them it's BYOB or whatever, right? All those things will draw in your friends like flies to the slaughter. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I say it like that because it's funnier that way. But, uh, on that note antidotal story right an example of this and this this is not just a uh what's the best way to put it it's it's gonna work on whatever setting you're trying for right this is food drink combo to get people to a location that you want them to go to um i'm sure you guys can think about this but one of my best examples for proving that this works is you all have family members that you hate to hang out with that you probably don't like kicking it with because they're a pain in the butt. But if those family members offered you food, you're most likely going to pop up and be like, hey, thanks for the plate. And at a minimum, get your feet in the door, even if it's a boring social hangout that you're only going to be there for an hour. Now, switch that to people you enjoy, add food, and then add in, hey, let's play board games, card games, a TTRPG if you're serious. Um, and that leads me into step two, right? Or part two. Uh, and that is the small doses at a time, right? You'd never start a in-person group or even an online group with just 
straight up, we're doing six hours or four hours worth of gaming uh, because you will scare people away, right? Even if you're doing your, like, even if you're playing with a group that is, like, semi-competent with TTRPGs and stuff, this is why a session zero is super important because you can cut it short if you need to. Um, and if the vibe is good, you can make it longer, right? Uh, for the people that are experienced. And people that aren't experienced, having a session zero and making characters together and walking them through stuff probably won't take you four hours, but it lets you kind of ease your way into it. Um, and, you know, go over basic mechanics, run through things. If you've never played the game before, it'll allow you guys to sit down at the book together and decide what game you're playing. Um, and again, my big suggestion when you're learning a new in-person group, um, again, unless the goal is immediately TTRPGs and they've signed up for that, if you're just trying to bring in yahoos to to start social night or social hour or whatever you want to call it uh you start with card games card games are generally pretty easy to get people on board with they don't have to stay forever could be 21 could be poker something like that right uh and then you do something that's a little longer you play uh risk monopoly something along those lines that's going to take you a good fair amount of time and then you jump into your ttrpgs if you jump to monopoly you might actually cut their time at your house by four hours depending on who you're playing monopoly with you know what i'm saying um, and again, to, to ease people's, uh, resistance to anything like that, uh, you just jump into the, uh, handy dandy, uh, food and drink area and they'll be, they'll feel safe. It'll be good. It'll be good. Um, so that's step two slash part two of getting people into your TTRPG. Step three, right? Um, if they have a spouse or significant other, uh, that you don't necessarily know well, invite them because it'll give them a comfort person uh, to bring in. And, and or, you know, person at work, things like that. Invite people that they know um, that will bring them to you. Now, again, this isn't super successful if you're trying to just fish people out of the blue on a forum uh, for looking for posts and things like that. But generally, those places are filled with people that want to join. Um, and you have to be careful about that. Which is part of this, uh, invite their friends to your party, because even sometimes those friends won't show up, but they will give the person that you want to show up a willingness to be there to, to hang out, because, oh, they invited my friend. It's obviously not supposed to be super crazy or whatever, because they invited Dave, and Dave's played beads. Boring, but it's fine. Um, and uh, my best example of this is probably uh, having uh, previous friends uh, who are in the military's uh, wives comes and play with us for a session or two. They didn't, you know, they didn't stick around long because it wasn't their jam. Uh, but inviting the wives to come play as well allowed them to kind of have a, hey, this is what we're doing. This is why we're here. Here's what it's about. Uh, this also, on this one, it also allows the significant other uh, to kind of see what's going on and to understand why their husband is gone for four hours a night a week or their wife is gone for four hours a week. Uh, kind of thing, especially if it's not something that they're not already doing beforehand, um, so on and so forth. Now we've burned through three of these topics super duper fast, so we're gonna we're gonna have to tell some really good stories to kind of slow our roll here. That, or I'm going to have to talk way slower, um, or play that intro song like 28 more times. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I'm gonna jump back. I didn't know anyone. You're you're good. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish my five topics and then we'll kind of come back to them uh, and expand a little bit more in detail. So Lawrence, uh, try and remember the order they're in because that'll be important for the quiz at the end of this. <laughs> um, okay, so way three right uh, is give them examples 
Um, and this is sharing media that you love uh, to them, right? So this is, I want to show them Critical Role. I want to show them Joe Katz, a Beginner's Guide to D&D. Uh, this is, hey, you're, we're going to watch Epic Sages play Lancer for 26 hours. Whatever, right? You don't have to show them the full clips. It could be snippets or like your favorite scenes. Or if uh, we ever get, you know, fast track uh, YouTube shorts that are not four hours long, show them those because we're funny. Uh, but introducing media to the people you want to come hang out with you is a really easy way to get them to understand what you are trying to do with them. Um, because when you just say, oh yeah, come play D&D with me, and they have no concept of what D&D is, or they only have seen, like, the new D&D movie, uh, and don't really know what all goes into it to make those cool action scenes happen, uh, hashtag I still haven't seen the movie, uh, will do so in the near future, hopefully, ha ha ha, uh, but, uh, that will get them going in the right direction. Uh, there are some really good pieces of media, uh, specifically for D&D, uh, to kind of get people in the right headspace. Uh, Boss Machina is kind of a good example of a show that they can get into. But you can also take just regular media examples from wherever, right, and apply them to your uh, games and whatnot. So if you're like, hey, I want my game to, it's going to feel like Starship Troopers mixed with Gundam, which is how I originally explained our Lancer campaign. Uh People are going to get those touchstone references. So giving them media to attach to and be like, this is what it should feel like uh, is going to help comfort them and you know bring them closer to your side. Uh, and then the final idea, step, point, whatever you want to call it, uh, is bribery. Um, and not with just food. Uh, <laughs> buy, buying stuff and things specifically for them uh, to kind of have them come over. And this is really just reserved for like significant others or people that you're really close with, like family members and stuff like that. I do not suggest this for random yahoos that you're just trying to come hang out with us. Don't bribe random yahoos. Bribe, bribe your friends, bribe your family uh, to get them into things. Buy them. Uh, best example is buy them dice. Hashtag we have a shop. Go check it out. Uh, and or miniatures, right? If you uh, talk about a character you want them to build or design or you know play with, and then you give them a model that looks like something cool that they can play as, even if they don't already have a character made, they'll make a character that looks like that model. Uh, and it's kind of fun, something fun to do with people. Um, so now that I've rattled on for the last 10-ish minutes, uh, we're going to kind of recapture those points and expand on them a little bit. So we had five. Um, Lawrence, time for the quiz. Are you ready? All right, number what was, one. Uh, what was the food and alcohol, minutes? right? Food and alcohol, good. All right, next point. Uh, next point was uh, transitioning into games with like cards or uh, play, just playing card games with them or something like that. Um, then uh, invite a friend, make them feel more secure in the group. And then examples of media. Uh, Say I don't know. For instance, uh, Conan the Barbarian or The Princess Bride for some old movie references. Ooh, there, nice, good, good choices on both of those. Those are excellent things that are easily D and Dable. Or oh system. yeah, there's so many other systems that fit those two. But but I digress. Continue and and bribery for <laughs> friends and family only. <laughs> Suggested you can bribe random people. I just it's not as effective if they don't know you. Um, <laughs> so. Those are the, the five hints or ideas to kind of expand your little friends group to uh, get people over to your house. Because, again, remember, you really only need 
four to six people, right? You can have up to eight or 10 or 20, you know, however many people you're comfortable with playing these games with, but really four to four to six people at your house to play these games on a regular basis, you're going to feel pretty good. Um, as someone who speaks for having, what was it, younger six plus people at my house once to twice a week for years? Uh, at least five regular regular yeah. probably at some point like six to seven yeah I did. so we've definitely had groups that had eight real people to include the dm uh, and mind you oh, sorry, nine, the area was people. not large enough traditionally <laughs> uh, small small area with three dogs uh, at one point babies and uh and a wife who would hide in the bedroom uh, <laughs> but yeah um which we'll we'll expand on that later uh, but, you know, your objective or goal to get these friends over is you really don't need a ton. So getting a couple people from work, again, three, four, you're good. Um, getting friends from your local college stuff. Again, you can go to geeky, nerdy stuff and pick up three yahoos relatively easy that way. Um, just be weird. Just be warned. They might be a little weird. Um, and that's OK. You know? That's that's half the joy of uh, playing these games together is, is getting past the weirdness and figuring out what people are like. Because uh, more often than not, you're going to have fun with the people you're playing with, uh, unless you just, like, don't vibe. You know what I mean? Then we talk, you know, vibing is important at the table, but you can overcome some of it. Um, obviously, everyone has their hard limits and boundaries, and, you know, you got to ex- respect that one way or the other, uh, whether it's for you or for someone else. Uh, but, generally, through the process of step two, which will, again, touch again. Uh, that'll also help you figure out who has that vibe. So if you're going to invite 10 people to the card game night, right? But you hate three of them, then you know you don't want to spend four plus hours a week with them or a month or every two, whatever your schedule is. Uh, that is also the benefit of step two, right? Uh, is it kind of lets you weed out the people you don't want to play with or who can't hang, right? Because, you know, with the adding in that step one of uh, alcohol and food, you can see how people handle themselves in an hour or two worth of eating and drinking. Now you double, triple, whatever it, uh, and just assume they're going to be drinking a good portion amount of that time. And if they can't handle themselves after an hour, uh, they're probably not going to last a four-hour session. Um, so that's a, that's a good test and indicator. Um, same thing with the spousal thing. That's a great way to, to test and indicate stuff. Because sometimes you'll be surprised that that significant other that you've invited actually kills it with their group comparatively to the original person you uh, invited. And then surprise, surprise, you have a new friend uh, <laughs> with or without their original partner. Um, a 50-50 chance. Cool beans. I shouldn't say 50-50. It's, it's really you could lose both of them because they hate it, but whatever. Uh, it's it's not surprising to see that like one will show up, uh, the other will say, ah, it's not for me. Uh, but it will be one of the two generally. Because um, they'll hit it off with someone at the table, usually. And again, a lot of this is focused on the in-person thing. Um, so I'm going to revise these steps to translate them into online uh, after we talk about these ones a little bit more. So, um, let's see here. We talked about step one again. We re-talked about step two, step three. Uh, further explanation on step four, which was, looking at Lawrence. Examples of media. Bam, examples of media. So uh, I'm going to open this up to the two in the group here. 
Uh, what are you already mentioned a couple, and I mentioned a couple, but what are some of your guys' favorite examples to give to people to be like, this is D&D, or I can turn this into D&D. This is how I want it to feel. I'm going to start with Younger because you haven't given any yet. Okay. So, a lot like if people play video games, like there's a lot of video game references. So, you could be like, hey, have you ever played the Elder Scrolls? You know, like whether it be Hashtag Morrowind, Skyrim. Oblivion, or Skyrim, you know. You know, the, the variations of like species that you can play as and the different play styles you know, are all semi-relatable to what you can do in D&D. You know, like, there's the Thieves Guild, there's the College of Winterhold, or whatever. You know, like, you can be a magic user, you can be a swords dude, or you can, like, be a, a thieving chick. It doesn't matter. You can be whatever. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, other ones uh, that are a lot more systematically similar to D&D is um, that have, like, class features and stuff like that is, like, Dragon Age. Like Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age Inquisition, Dragon Age Awakening, so on and so forth. Um, that one, you actually have a party in the game, and you deal with like dwarves and elves and humans and how they interact with each other, um, you know, and stuff like that. Wars are fought, quests are done, all everything you it, that happens in a D and D campaign, pretty much. Um, Except it's probably a little bit more streamlined and mellow than some sessions. <laughs> um, those are like great versions of it. Um, and if you're doing like a, like let's say like a space age thing, right? So you're dealing with like Spelljammer or whatever, like you could even say like Mass Effect. Um, you know, and so just there's there's tons of available options. You know, or you could go into like other movies, like Lawrence said, like Lord of the Rings, you know, and the Hobbit series and all that. Like, there's so many, there's so much to grab from. It's ridiculous. You could even go into like anime or whatever. You it's know, there's just anime. so many. There's so many that you can go. Mythology. Like they they grab so much from mythology and just like transfer it over into the system in the books yep, 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 yep. yeah i mean there's literally like one of theros which is like about greek mythology is it not <laughs> yeah i mean yeah. being as uh i mean it literally he's in zeus and stuff doesn't it like i don't know i i heard Baldur's gate was a good one mm, uh that one is literally D. &D. it's literally it's like D &D. it's <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're, they're, like it's it's legitimate. I'm pretty sure Baldur's Gate is a place in like the Forgotten Realms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and so yeah, it's is straight it, up D and D. Is it, is it Forgotten Realms or is it the other one? I think it's Forgotten. Realms. Yeah. I it, like Eberron or something. It's I can't remember. Eberron's the uh, where they are. the Mechanus one. Yeah. Okay. Iron Arthur has showed up. Iron, do you have do you have social inputs to uh, encourage? Or suggest for people to think about for D and D stuff. Um. Yeah. I mean, like video games and stuff are always really good comparisons. I like to compare it to books, though. Okay. Um. Like the way I like to describe it to people that have never done D and D is that like the story is a book, the DM is the author, and he can't control the characters. Um. That's a wonderful nice. way to describe that. But what's that? 
I, I said that's a wonderful way to describe that. Oh, thanks. Um, so then, like you, because like there's people that, um, that will like games but don't like D and D. Um, but then I think there are also people that are just kind of really into storytelling and like creative writing and like group thinking and that kind of stuff that I think would also really get a big kick out of D and D. So that's how I like to describe it. I I found that a lot of people who have read the Harry Potter books are inclined to at least try. Hashtag. Um, so, on this, speaking of books, because I want to bring it up, is there any books that you guys would directly reference uh, for D&D novels? And I'm going to take the easy one, right? Uh, Lord of the Rings, right? Off the bat, Hobbit, Lord of the Rings uh, are very easily entrenched in everything that is uh, modern fantasy and have been since they were written, basically. Um, but I would also suggest a book called... I have a a, I have I one say. that's not really... I, it would not be a traditional sense of D&D, but it could definitely... Okay, you can say yours in a second. Let me finish it, Goose. Uh, the oh. second one I would, I would throw in there uh, is Dragon Riders of Pern. Uh, Dragon Riders of Pern is a fantastic book series. There's a ton of them at this point. Um, and they are way more... Again, they're focused on dragons and things. Uh, but they uh, the the story and how the people deal with things is, is really kind of interesting. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but uh, it's, it's, it's a, a good way to make a campaign in a sense of there's a constant danger that the players have to deal with. Uh, and spark some really good ideas. And some really bad ideas. All across the board. Alright, sorry, Andrew, go ahead. No, no, you're good. I, I was the one who tried to interrupt halfway through. Um, There's a book series I really enjoy. I can't remember the author's name right now. But it's called Tunnels. And um, it's a tunnels series. And it, it would basically be that of a semi-modern like modern day today in London. I guess you'd say probably around like 2005 ish i think um like in london but this kid has a parent whose dad is an archaeologist and he goes on like small archaeological digs with him and then one day his dad's messing with some stuff and he ends up going missing and then the son tracks down a bunch of small clues and basically finds like cover-up information and he goes he starts digging underneath his house he finds a secret shaft that his dad had also discovered that was an old ancient like 1800s or like elevator shaft that led to an underground city which basically is the beginning of an underdark campaign hmm. and about how there's like under like under city dwellers uh, attempting to like control people on the surface using like mind control tactics and stuff on like political figures and everything and are trying to keep their society a secret from like those who aren't controlled by them on the surface while manipulating the masses and doing their own thing underground and they have their own ways of doing stuff and there's some monsters there's some people who you know act like monsters and so forth and the kids just and his friends are trying to you know they're making comrades and animal companions along their journey in the underworld which ends up being more like a like travel to the center of the earth and there's like dinosaurs and 
like people that were forgotten through history and stuff that had fallen into the crevices of the earth and their ancestors remain or whatever. That sounds it's uh it is one of my favorite book series. Okay, it's a series. I was like, that's a lot for a single book. Okay, so it's it's more than one. That's good. Thank goodness. Those of you are like, this is all one book. This is like I said, not traditional. Like, there's guns in there and stuff, but there's guns in D&D, so whatever. They also use bows. They also use rocks. They also explosions, you know, dog attacks, whatever. All right, Lawrence, I'm jumping over to you. Uh, what's, a, what's a book series that you would suggest people read, if you have one? Uh, I'm not a big avid book reader, but not exactly books, kind of, but comic books, that, like the guys? X-Men series. Really? Because it's, it's a group of people who usually have one goal, which is very similar. Um, they each have their different power sets and their different backgrounds and personalities, and uh, they they work as a team towards whatever the problem is. Okay, that's a that's a very interesting uh, comparison. I like that. Uh, Iron, you got anything for us? Any book series you would recommend? Um, yeah, maybe not so much for adults, but when I was a kid and I was like really starting to get into like fantasy and stuff, um, the Aragon books were a really big influence on um, on girl, um, on like me getting into that kind of stuff. So if you have like kids, you're trying to be like, this is what D and D is about. I Aragon, the Aragon books are inheritance cycle, or whatever you want to call it. Um, are a really good example. They're a little uh, derivative, you know. As an adult, you can kind of see where it's pulling some stuff from, but they're still good books. I I hundred percent agree. They're they're good. Um, and you could be a dragon ranger now, so it's even cooler. Yes, we can talk about a lot of dragons. Speaking of kids' books that are uh, great for building fantasy minds, uh, the uh, Del Toro series. I don't know if you guys read that as kids. Uh, they're relatively easy reads. And heck, there's even a, a, a whole cartoon show, at least about the original series, uh, that came out in the early 90s or whatever. And it follows the books pretty closely. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's good. Worth watching, worth worth uh, checking out uh, the series itself. It's one of those ones that you can read to your kids at night uh, without too much drama. By the end of it, it gets a little wild. There's some crazy stuff. Uh, but it was one of those series that aged with its readers. Um, so as they came out, you know, it was, you know, a couple years apart, things like that. So by the second or third set of series that it had in the Del Toro universe, uh, it, was, it was Game of Thrones light, uh, which was great. Um, on that note, moving on to movie shows, movies and shows, I'm, I'm going to again pass it around and be like, what was a good show that you guys can recommend? Um, and again, let's, let's, we'll, we'll take out the easy ones. So Lord of the Rings and all that fun stuff is obviously direct fantasy. Uh, but is there any other ones that are kind of like off the beaten path that feels like it's D and D or another TTRPG, but isn't necessarily straight up related? Uh, one of the ones that I remember as a kid that has definitely influenced how I think dragons, uh, can interact with people, uh, since we keep talking about dragons is the, uh, Uh, Dragon Heart series. Um, they kind of <laughs> they fell off by the end, but the the first one uh, was really good, and the second one was alright. I think they had three or four. I don't. Remember, I, I've got a pretty good one. Okay, what you got? 
We'll jump to you. So this one, I have never actually met anyone else that's seen this show, but Legend of the Seeker. Um, it's a. Uh, it only ran for two seasons, but it was a, it was a fantasy show, and it was actually filmed in New Zealand. So it it has a very Lord of the Ringsy type setting. Um, but it's literally like the show's a D and D campaign. The main guy is a fighter. He's got a wizard. There's a cleric and a rogue, and like they're on this mission to beat a dark lord called Dark and Rawl. And uh, it's it's like literally the show is like two seasons of a D and D campaign. And uh, because it's filmed in New Zealand, it's really pretty, like Lord of the Rings too. And um, it's not like classic, amazing television, but it's it's pretty good. I think I've actually seen that, and I think like one of our other player bases has also seen it. Really, I'm I've literally <laughs> never met anyone. <laughs> so shocking. Yeah, I was gonna say that sounds familiar. When did air? How old were we when that happened? Um, all right, Lawrence, jumping to you. Um, there was a series just called Straight Up Merlin that was well, well, easy one. Right, Merlin was young, King Arthur was young, and um, it's it's definitely a nice fantasy setting, and it's um, a reference that everyone would get, uh, you know. But before he was old and beardy. He was like learning everything and trying to hide his magic and all that. It's 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 pretty good and um, story wise, it was okay. It ran for a while. Um, other than that, I keep trying. I have it on the tip of my tongue, but there was this movie with a guy who had like a, a magic, um, not a, not a chakram, but it was like a three bladed dagger, and it was uh, oh, it? I think in like Xena. Hercules? Oh, Zeta and Hercules. I watched those growing up too. That was that's easy. Uh, <laughs> and the crossover episodes, great. Great. Um, but oh, no, it was a movie. Um, sorry, it's all it was back in well, that. Take all my movies, okay? Because I only got like two in my head right now. Because you, you stole my other ones. Oh, sorry. Um. So we all know the Hobbit and stuff and da 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 da, but there was like a an older movie called like Willow. Oh, Willow! Willow just had a a, re, a redo. It's on uh, Disney Plus, so you can see. Oh, it. yeah. Same actor okay. too. Same actor. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not, it wasn't weird. a redo. It was a uh, continuation of the story. And it was just canceled. <laughs> oh, yes. oof! <laughs> uh, no, it did not. It did not. It did not turn out well. From no. Dang. Okay, but yeah, there, there, there's Willow, um, and then I'm trying to think of uh, the the other one I was thinking of. It, it's it's more of a it, it's along this side of anime. It's like called like Artifura or whatever, um, and like it's a it's less like D and D because he doesn't get a party till like later in the story. But like the guy's literally an artificer. Like he starts off being able to manipulate like minor elements, and then he goes on to he loses his arm in combat and, you know, builds himself a mechanical arm and guns and stuff and shoots monsters in a dungeon. That sounds ridiculous. And okay. then finds a vampire to help him on his quest to get back to the surface. 
it, if we're talking anime, I'm just going to throw over Rooney Kitchen out there because eventually a party forms and they're all superhuman in their own means. <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So now that we've talked media points uh, up the wazoo for a bit. Wait, The Witcher. Oh, okay. That, yeah. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Uh, the only <laughs> issue I take with The Witcher as uh, trying to compare it for D&D is it's, again, one of those solo focus. It's pretty solo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that might set the wrong expectation. Um, yeah, a lot of these shows, you really you got to remember that it's supposed to be a lot of people working together to do things. Even even the uh, Dragonheart that I mentioned is is generally relatively solo, uh, but they do feel like D and D moments uh, throughout the show, where it's like kind of like this is a serious situation, and these people are just goofing around. Monty Python and the Holy Grail. There we go. Perfect, perfect example. <laughs> uh, everyone brings this one up. Because D and D start like Lord of the Rings and end like Monty Python. Uh, I don't really like that joke because I don't think it's true. Um, I think they start like Monty Python and just continue like Monty Python. If that's the setting you're going in, and the uh, DM comes up with a world like it's Lord of the Rings, Doesn't right? Matter, right. Players exactly. <laughs> the DM starts with Lord of the Rings. The players start on Monty Grail the entire time. Oh man, I just beat that up. But that's okay. We're gonna move on to the next point here. So back to point five, the gifting or bribing of people. And this one, I think, since I'm throwing it to you guys, I'm going to I'm gonna ask you guys, like, personal antidotes or stories of times where you had to bribe someone to come play with you. And if it worked out well or if it didn't. Uh, my personal one is uh, I, uh, shortly after I got married, uh, had to, had to, quote unquote, invite my wife to play D&D with our friends group. Uh, and the bribery was I got to, I made her whole character for her, right. We sat down together and and built the thing, and uh, there were some other consequences intended if she didn't like it, uh, which unfortunately ended up being the case. Um, but I definitely had to bribe her to get there, get her there. Uh, I don't exactly remember what the bribes were, but they were definitely snack or food related. <laughs> Going back to point one. What about you, younger? Anytime you've ever had to bribe someone to play with you? Yeah, so when I was in the military, you go and you meet a bunch of new people everywhere you go and stuff. And so you find people of all different backgrounds. Um, I wouldn't like to say, like, really, like, bribe. It was more like, you know, just, like, dip their hands in it. And it was like, it was like hey, man, when I first started playing D&D, like, I had a friend, a really close friend, who was like, hey, man, I think this would be fun. And I was like, I don't know, man. It seems kind of weird. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was like, I don't think I'd be into it, you know? Just a bunch of people sitting around a table talking. And then little did I know, it would actually be a lot of fun and great interactions with a group of people um, who you can go and form closer bonds with and good friendships. 12, and, 12 dick jokes an hour later. <laughs> and so um i got i got a lot of people to just at least you know try it you know once or twice or they continued to go through a whole campaign and so like i started off with like it was a it was a pretty big group it was like seven people but then like two of them ended up dropping but like all but two of them had never played before you know so like I got three new people to join and then stick with it, and now they're still playing D and D somewhere else. Nice. I mean, that's good. But how did you bribe them? Did you 
buy them dice or promise them things to get them to you. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess I guess we can go into that. And so I was like I was like, hey man, I got like some extra dice. Um and like I like I'll give you your own set of dice and stuff and I'll take the time out of the day, like you said, to go help build a character with them and stuff like on the side. Uh kind of invest them in like that character's backstory and stuff and try to implement it into the game as we played within the first few sessions um helped a lot you know it got it got them a lot more into it you know once they were like oh okay like this is like legit gonna have like effects and stuff and then they started getting into the groove of it and then soon they were just like they were caught they were they were on the hook i got them (laughs) every time you know they're like oh well i don't have to buy my own book or like you like bring my own whatever and it was like, oh no, da 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 da. Like, I'll I'll get your first set of dice. Like, I believe that like somebody gave me dice, so I'll give you dice. You know, that is that is an excellent way to do it. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw directions at our online shop. Uh, go check us out www.epicsages.com. We sell dice, and they're great. Speaking of dice, uh, again, not to cut you other two off, but like uh, we use dice as our guarantee for those people that like want to play the game and are like this isn't for me or I don't really like this stuff. I don't really want to come back. If you like hate one of our sessions, we send you a pair of dice just as a, as a thank you for trying. Hope you play later. Even if it's not with us kind of thing, like that's our store guarantee uh, when you use our services, which I, you know, again, dice bribery, the best Lawrence. When's one time you had to bribe some people to play with you and did it work? Actually, it was a reverse. Uh Um, I was, he was bribed. No, no, Yes, I was bribed. I uh, was uh, getting to know my old lady's friends, and I w- would tell the story of how we met and through D&D. And one day, out of the blue, they surprised me with the core set for 5e and some maps, eventually some dice and some, like, off-brand minis, but hey. And uh, that led into me DMing for them. So they bribed me into being a DM. <laughs> but uh nice. Oh yeah. There there was also tacos and there there that there's so many stores. But uh yeah just to cut cut it short a little bit. Yeah they they after getting to know me and the things that I like to do and the things that me and my old lady did when we met they were like hey they like D D and they bribed me with D D. <laughs> that's the that's the way to go. That's winning right Iron, what about you? You got any, any bribery stories, good, bad, or ugly? Oh, yeah. I I have to bribe with food. Um, <laughs> one, it works, bro. It works. Going back to point one, bribe them. <laughs> yeah, I, the, my group that I put together, um, only one of the guys that I got had actually played before. Um, the rest of us were new, including me as the DM. We're all new. Um so they were all kind of like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, okay, I'll host it. I'll, I'll feed you. And they're like, okay, we'll play. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, and then that, that became the thing. So like um, we played on Sundays. So like every Sunday it was like me making dinner for like seven people. Um, and that's how I got them to keep coming back. So, Hey, whatever works. Uh, and any excuse to cook random things. I am definitely younger can attest. I would make food randomly sometimes. Um, yeah, or listen, even if there wasn't food, there was always guaranteed snacks and drinks at a minimum. At a minimum, <laughs> it's true. 
you know? And so like, it, like even if he didn't make food, there was still going to be something to eat. And so I guess it's funny that you say this. I guess you could kind of say like Spain really bribed me hard, oh my but also like, but also like you, you did too, because, but Spain like had to like full on, like convince me, like he was like changing my religion or something. Um, cause I was pretty like, nah, man, I don't, I don't think I'd be into it for like several weeks. And he just found me. And then, uh, eventually he was like, Hey, you know, like me and Roger both play and stuff. And like, you should really come along with us and stuff. And then like, obviously, Oh, there's food. Uh, and then I think Spain, like, I, I don't remember if you gave me my first set of dice or if Spain did. Uh, I was probably me cause I, I had that giant box of. Uh, mismatched dice, and I was like, "Just pick out whatever you want, man." No, no, no! It wasn't mismatched dice, though. It was a, it was a complete set. It was blue, blue with gold, like the blue black ones with gold. But that, that it was um, <laughs> it had its own box. I remember I, it had its own box. Okay, that and so then, it, all, most of my stuff that I gave away were just like, "Here's a handful, enjoy." Yeah, and then um, going and really like I, I could say Rook, Rook helped with it, with in integrating my backstory with my unknowingness of how, like, D&D worked, I actually had pulled, like, a lot of my, my character backstory from, like, lore from video games and stuff to, like, help create my character because I was so unoriginal. Um, <laughs> and it's funny that we're talking about all that in the same podcast and stuff and so being able to like integrate some of those like video game things that i really enjoyed like as a player base for video games into the game made me feel like oh i'm playing like my video game character through like D D. um and that was a lot of fun on that note i mean that's a really good sell point i mean if you know that they play we'll say destiny all the time you can be like you can make your destiny character in uh starfinder uh you know what i mean if you're if you play Starfinder or Dune or you know any of those other super cool TTRPGs that are kind of set in space, um, you know your character can look just like this, yada yada yada. Um, okay, so that that side point aside, uh, I'm gonna jump into the online thing, which unlike the uh in person thing, it really reduces down to three things that you can do to get people to play with you online, um, which are more complicated and easier all at the same time right um so first things first is introducing yourself right um whether you're entering a new group or something like that uh introduce who you are uh and some people will naturally flock to be like hey this is what you do this is what you play explain what you are doing and what you're about some places are going to be really easy because they're specifically for those things whatever system you're playing uh, for example lancer has a great online discord community that you can go into and find games relatively easy um, when they pop up um, and you can post games in, for example, our last uh, thing, I put out a call for new players because we were kind of running low and got, I don't know, 10 plus people that applied uh, to get in. Um, so that was exciting and fun to see because people obviously like the game. Um, but that's the thing. Introduce yourself, find a place where it needs to be uh, and post, right? Don't be afraid to post. You'll get there. Second thing, we go back to uh the uh, doing something small first right uh, inviting them to a personal server or a personal chat before you get into hey we're playing today uh to make sure they kind of vibe in our online weirdos because you know that does happen sometimes uh and then last but not least we go back to the bribery 
Um, and again, this is more of uh, when you're playing with family. Um, I know for some of my personal games that I play with my folks, I bribe them by letting them see their grandbabies. Now, obviously, my folks want to play with me anyway, because we've been doing it in person since forever. But having the bribery of the grandbabies uh, is also a great way to be like, hey, you get to play games and there'll be babies. And, you know. People that like seeing the babies will be there for the babies or whatever. You know what I mean, sometimes it's just you and your pretty face. It is what it is. Um, so that's the online stuff. Again, it's really simplified down to those three things. Uh, we went over the five points. Um, since we're at the 45 minute mark, I think this is a good point to bring up the fun thing. So while instead of having my face on the screen, I'm going to get rid of me. Maybe if I can find it. And then I'm going to put up... For the people watching, uh, I finally got some things for Glitch. Um, instead of W, we've switched over to the Glitch stuff. We're still doing W, so if you guys want to use our W code to buy stuff, please do. It still supports us. Uh, but we are now sponsored via our Viz Uprising group uh, through Glitch. Um, they have been helping us uh, use our code Viz Uprising to get 20% off <coughs> any of your orders. So that's pretty exciting. Um, it's just something you type in at the end, glitch energy drink. Uh, I haven't got any myself yet. Um, I've heard great things from all the other people in our community, uh, that have tried it. They like it all. It's very similar. If you like W, you're probably going to like glitch. Um, there's a whole bunch of different flavors. Uh, check it out. Uh, G L Y C H glitch. And then secondly, this one's going to take a little bit longer. We'll leave that up on the screen cause it shouldn't be in the way of things, but we, Send it down. All right, never mind. I'm gonna get rid of the, the uh, boop, boop, boop. It's gone. Okay, there we go. Uh, wait, hold on. I guess I can move this out of the way. Uh, but we got a, a fun thing to support uh, through Kickstarter starting soon. It hasn't quite launched yet, but we've partnered with uh, RPG Craft or RP RP Craft uh, Publishing uh, for their Book of Conflicts, which is a uh, Book about the goblinoid and orc uh, races and hobgoblins and all that fun stuff. They have, they've added like 25 new feats. Uh, they have a whole giant book that they're producing with adventures. Uh, they have all kinds of cool, super cool stuff. Um, their Kickstarter's launching relatively soon, so you can go to the Linktree page that I have on here, which is uh, www.kickstarter-projects-rpgcraft-book-slash-of- or no, sorry, not slash-dash- of dash conflicts brutal races and then our fancy fancy modifier at the end is question mark ref equals eight i v j seven z it's much easier to read if you read it on the screen and it'll be in our other chats and things so you'll be able to find it a little bit easier i will put it in the handy dandy uh comment section for this uh thing so you people can see it and click on things uh, it'll be a little bit easier there. I'll talk more about it as it gets closer to launch, but they are doing all kinds of really cool stuff that's correlated to it. So with the Kickstarter thing, they'll have uh, DM screens and specialty dice, and they're making miniature models for stuff. Uh, they'll have a whole bunch of different tiers, so the, the varying support stuff is all the way across the board. Uh, and for transparency's sake, if you guys use our handy-dandy code, it helps us a little bit. We get a little bit of kickback depending on what you sign up for to help with. Um, but... I encourage it. It's really cool. That adds a lot of lore for the goblinoid races. Um, adds new gods um, that are completely original kind of thing. Uh, adds new classes that are specifically for those races that obviously can be used with other classes. 
uh, add some really cool new mechanics that you can add to things. Uh, all in all, I really, really like them. Uh, eventually, we'll get them on the podcast, so there's that. Um, but if you have questions about this after listening to this, feel free to message us, and I'll happily explain things or send you in the right direction. All that being said, um, I really do appreciate you guys for listening. Do we have any final thoughts from anyone else in the on the panel here? Comment from myself at the moment. Okie dokie. Oh, um, uh, all I have to say is, um, on the the cards topic, uh, when I was a kid looking for Pokemon cards, I went to the right card shop. I played games there for a while. The card shop owner felt everyone out and invited people for a D&D night. Super positive experience. Uh, the whole playing cards with everybody to feel them out thing. Tried and true, even back then. <laughs> hey, that's that's important knowledge. Iron, any last thoughts? Um, yeah, I would just say when you're trying to describe D&D to people to get them to play, don't be afraid to compare it to anything because D&D can literally be anything. I mean, you got stuff from, you know, Lancer to D&D to Spelljammer, so... Basically, any genre. What? I said Spelljammer is D and D a goose. Well, I I know, but it's like I don't mean like OG. Like it's like a different type. So, (laughs) um, so yeah, like you can you can basically adapt any story into a a TTRPG. So, you know, if you're not having success finding a group that wants one thing, maybe they want a different thing. So, you know, don't be afraid to switch it up. Give them a little bit of everything. Catch, yeah, we're done. Catch them all in quarters, and you know, last comes worst comes worst. Come play with us, and we'll uh, we'll get checked up one way or the other. All right, guys, thank <laughs> you so much for your time. I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with our handy dandy song. Uh, so here that goes. With adventure in mind, have a wonderful night. Again, those fresh new beats were made by me. I hope you enjoyed them. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful night with adventure in mind. Have a wonderful time.